With the coronavirus severely impacting the U.S. and global economy, the need for liquidity is at an all-time high. Many business owners are beyond stressed out, having to lay off employees and not knowing whether they will be able to survive. In today's episode, we chat with Brock Blake, the founder and CEO of Lendio, which is the largest marketplace for business loans in the U.S. To date, Lendio has funded over $2 billion across over 100,000 businesses. We cover a lot of ground in our conversation, from how the marketplace serves Main Street businesses to Brock's own story building Lendio and the many challenges he faced along the way. We hope you enjoy the show. Brock, thanks so much for taking the time. Really delighted to chat with you today. Let's kick off with a brief overview of Lendio, if that works for you. Yeah, great. Um, so Lendio is the largest marketplace for business loans in the United States. Um, we've funded over 100,000 business owners for uh, $2 billion of loans on our platform. Um, so what that means is we're not a balance sheet lender ourselves. We've aggregated 75 lenders onto our platform, lenders like uh, Bank of America, American Express, On Net Capital, Cabbage, Funding Circle, and so on. And so it's kind of like the Expedia for business loans. As a business owner, you, and, and we're talking Main Street business owners, restaurant owners, and retail shops and manufacturing and so on. A lot of times they need capital to grow their business and they, they have this dream they want to accomplish and they go and apply for a loan at their bank that they've been banking with for 10 years and they get declined, not because they're a bad credit, but because you know most banks only really offer one type of loan product. And yet there are many different types of loan products that a business owner can qualify for. They can get lines of credit, term loans, uh, equipment loans, AR loans, SBA loans, credit cards, and so on. Um, so when they get to, you know, if they, they go and they, they apply for a loan, they get to clients and not a great experience. What we've done is we've said, you know, let's bring all these lenders into one platform. You, business owner, you can come to us, fill out one application. Um, we have all the integrations with the lenders on the back end. So we'll shoot that application off to the right lenders. They'll underwrite it and send back to us an offer or a decline, and then we'll present those offers to the business owner in a way they can comparison shop the rate, the term, the payment amount, and so on, and choose the product that's the best fit for them. And uh, so, not lead gen. It's uh, you know we handle the entire customer experience, and then and we handle it all the way till to a closed loan. And um, you know, what we're really passionate about is helping that business owner. They get uh, they get that loan. We have thousands of five-star reviews and, and feel like there's an enormous opportunity. So this round, uh, you know, after 12 straight quarters of growth and, outs- and really outsized growth um, and not really needing to raise money, we haven't raised money since 2016. We've been a great in a great position as a, as a company. We felt like there's some opportunities in front of us that are enormous that uh, we wanted we want to chase, um, and so we decided to pull together. We announced a 55 million dollar round, which included uh, uh, equity and and debt, and and uh, and fortunately, good timing. We're excited to go and be aggressive uh, going forward. Well, the the market you serve is is huge. Um, you know, if you think about all the businesses out there. Uh, that have a need uh, for capital. Um, where do you find that uh, your solution is is most helpful? You talk about you know the the business that goes into their 
bank that they have a relationship with and get declined is is that are, are you kind of focused on um call it the the lower end of the market um in terms of business size or you know what percent you know kind of where where do you find most of your um you know clients yeah, no question. It's Main Street business. Um, so average loan size is is between fifty and a hundred thousand uh, dollars. We'll do loans as small as five thousand and as loans as large as about five million um, across all different asset classes: SBA loans and equipment loans and so on, and uh, working capital loans. Um, you know, and so the we we really service um, just. When you think about Main Street uh, businesses, uh, you know, that that includes businesses that are extremely healthy, fast growing, uh, that that could get a loan anywhere, um, and are trying to shop for the best rate, uh, and some that might have, you know, not the most ideal profile. They they might have, you know, great personal credit, but their cash flow is is struggling, or or the opposite, their cash flow is great and their personal credit's low, or they don't have collateral, and and so, you know, we have lenders that kind of service all the different niches and and, and unique scenarios. Uh, I would say the one category we can't, we don't service. We we don't really have many options for that business owner. It's a true startup. They have you know no revenue and and bad credit. Uh, unfortunately, in all our years of searching, we haven't found a lender who will lend to someone without any cash flow and poor credit. Um, as you can imagine. Um, but besides that, that group, we, we likely will have options for that business owner. Got it. And, and so um, if, you know, you mentioned the institutions, uh, you know, the large banks, uh, we, you know, figure that their underwriting um, criteria, you know, is, is fairly streamlined. Do you also have kind of as funding sources, I guess, private debt funds? Uh, that can do things that are a little bit more outside the box of a traditional institution? We don't. Uh, I mean, we might have one, one or two here or there where, you know, real specific niche type, uh, you know, loans that uh, we might work with. But, pri- you know, primarily because we're doing so many, so much, so much volume, like, you know, last month we did, probably 4,500 loans uh, on our platform. And, and so much of what we do is built into our machine learning and AI technology that we've built that really we're, we are, we've identified, you know, these lenders, we know we have very, very deep information around what, what type of loans they fund and what loans they don't fund based off of credit score and revenue and geography and, average daily balances and and whatnot and those those debt um those other groups the private groups that you're talking to there's not it's not really formulaic in the type in the way that they underwrite Mm -hmm. um you know it's kind of deal by deal which makes it inherently difficult to build technology and science around right Mm -hmm. uh so there might be scenarios where we've got a borrower and it's a one-off and and uh you know, we might look at trying to go through one of those partners to help them, but um, it's not, it's definitely the exception. It would be very few and far between. Got it. 
Got it. So it's 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 the business that's been around for some time, uh, generating cash flow can demonstrate that, um, you know, through their financials um, and uh, as opposed to just walking into their bank or calling up their their bank, um, when they go through your system, you know, they're reaching out to, you know, I'll make this number up, 20 different, they, they have the possibility to match with, you know, 20, 30 different institutions. So it's just like right. a way more efficient. Yeah. You could go, you know, you could go to, uh, you're searching for a flight from wherever, you know, to, um, and, and you, you could go to Delta and you could go to American Airlines and you could go to Southwest and you could go to United and you could try and do it all on your own. You could try and search and write down the price and then go to the next one, you know, or you could go to Kayak. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and so we're all used to, you know, using these marketplaces, whether it's Airbnb or whether it's Amazon or whether it's Yelp or, uh, you know, in, any of these, Expedia, same thing for these business owners. They are so busy running their business and, uh, and they're experts in their business, but not necessarily experts in loans. We save them all that headache. We do all the research on the back end. We're, you know, especially right now with this coronavirus talk and those things, you know, certain lenders are saying, okay, we're not going to lend in the state of Washington because we can't, you know, assess risk or we're not going to lend to this industry, you know, or that industry. And, and to try and have a business owner navigate this is impossible to navigate through all that. We do. And then we make it easy. Well, you're in Washington. Well, okay, we're not going to push you to this lender because they just pause lending in Washington. But these other four lenders are, you know, are really active. And, and, and so our technology does all that, that work, um, the legwork to help that business owner you know, navigate. And um, so you've been, as you mentioned, growing consistently. You're leading, um, you know, sizable organization now. Um, you know, what are some of the things that you pay attention to as you're growing a business? When you think about like the company culture and just keeping re- recruiting the right talent and 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 keeping them, um, could you shed some light on on kind of some of the things you think about in order to to optimize uh, recruiting and, and retaining talent? Yeah, so culture is, I believe, you focus on your customer, you focus on your team, take care of them, and, and really, you know, that will solve a lot of problems. Um, and uh, and then not only solves problems, becomes a unique differentiator for you. And, and um, you know, at Lendio, we were just named by Glassdoor as one of the top 50 cultures in the United States. Um, that comes from anonymous reviews of our team members. We have, we've won, you know, Utah's best places to work and, and we just have this incredible, uh, culture of people that are humble and hungry and also want to be part of something that is meaningful, that is mission driven. That's, you know, we all want to be part of something bigger than ourselves. Um, so this culture is built, it's not built off of perks and, t-shirts and snacks and ping pong tables. It's built off of winning. Uh, it's built off of being mission driven. And, and then it's built off, we call it the CEO of your job. I believe, you know, you, you find people that are so passionate about what they do, um, that they're going to be thinking about on nights and weekends and, and, you know, in their drive and in the shower or whatever, not because we want them to be workaholics, but if they're thinking about it all the time, they're going to be problem solvers and they're probably likely going to be really good at whatever it is they do. And, 
and then we give them ownership of, of their area and then get out of the way. Um, we really like to empower our team members and, and really, cause people want to feel ownership and feel, you know, they're solving problems. And so, um, uh, and then the other thing is we don't settle. Um, you know, we talked about this in our leadership meeting the other day, like we have really, you know, big hiring plans this year. We, we last year we went from 150 employees to three, three, ten. We'll probably go to 450 this year and and so we we want to grow there's a lot of areas we're investing in we're excited about but that means sometimes you you settle on the type of person you're trying to hire i need to fill this position you know um and and uh, i think our team's done a really good job of not settling um and so anyways culture is a really big part of you know the things we think about um and then so we have this balance of Strategic thinking. Every single team has. What do we What do we need to accomplish in you know in the next one to three years versus what do we need to accomplish in the next one to three weeks and and that balance. Um, and and I think our team we've we've figured out some operational cadence things that help us balance. So we're we are thinking you know forward thinking, but also managing the day to day and and. Uh, uh, there's some things we've done that I think have been uh, really valuable and in, in, in help us balancing those things. Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of, of not settling, uh, you know, for the uh, entrepreneurs and um, uh, the executives uh, in our audience, uh, sometimes they uh, appreciate hearing about the tough times uh, in business. Um, could you, is there an example of kind of along the way where you, you know, faced an obstacle, but were you know, somehow able to, to overcome it. Oh man, we have made the, unfortunately the show is not long enough for me to go through <laughs> our <laughs> mistakes we made, you know, early on we, we, we ran out of money. We couldn't make payroll. Uh, at one point in our career, my co-founder and I, this is really the second, um, the second business that, that we started. We had a, a company that was the predecessor to this where we made, about every mistake in the book, but we, we built that predecessor company up to 10 million in revenue. And we were, and we were trying to figure out how to make the business model work. And, and it, even though we kind of figured out how to grow, we kind of hit this plateau and realized this business model is completely flawed. And we, we started on nights and weekends thinking about, we got to make a pivot to this, this thing. And, and we came up with this concept in, in February, 2011. And what, what eventually became Alendia, what came Lendio, um, but we we shut down our old business, going from you know 90 employees down to eight, going from 10 million in revenue to zero overnight, mm-hmm. um, and restarted and and kind of this full pivot and recap and launched Lendio in 2011, and it w- and it was the most painful experience ever. <laughs> it was so challenging and. Just to you know, you think you you you've got these plans, but you you go from a lot of revenue to zero. And now we have cash flow problems, and and you know to to have that that big of a layoff um, because we really shut that old business down. It's just never fun. It's it's not you know I I, I kind of committed at that point we're never going to put ourselves in in that position again. And it wasn't because we had to do the layoff. You know we we. The business was was operating. It was just because we knew that 
that the the former business wasn't going to continue to scale and we couldn't run both and we just felt like it was the best decision to shut it down and and so um you know challenges we've had we've had along the way where um uh you know we we were raising around and we're literally seven days away from closing i'm on vacation and i get a call from the group that's leading the round that that because of a, a research report that we had zero control over and that actually the research was completely uh, inaccurate but because of this third-party research report they they uh, did in their due diligence they were going to pull out of the round and i mean just can you imagine how devastating that was when you're a few days away from closing and you know you've you'd spent six months raising money and and uh to lead up to that now you got to start over and you got to really think through okay what happened why you know is it is it is it is it us or is there is it unfortunately we it wasn't us and we were able to pull together around pretty quickly thereafter but we've we've just gone through every business you go through so many of these challenges that really define who you are and they um, you can't get too high and you can't get too low. It's, it's all, you got to enjoy the journey. And, and, uh, um, we've, we've had our fair share of, of those near death experiences and those really, really painful moments. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when you, you switched from the prior business to the current one, um, you know, that's a really tough decision to make, um, you know, to, to basically go from 10 to zero, 10 million revenue to, to zero and, and lay off a bunch of people. Um, how, how did you, you know, how did you know, right? Because you know, one could think, well, we're, we're generating 10 million a year. So that's, that's pretty good. A lot of businesses can't, can't get to that level. So how did, how did you know that it was the right decision to pivot? Yeah. Um, a few things um the the business that we built was was not really built around technology it was a lot of people doing providing services to to um, our customers um and so it wasn't scalable it was being held together with duct tape and super glue and bubble gum mm -hmm. um and um so that's first off the second off so I knew it wasn't going to like hitting 10 million was a miracle. Uh, and I knew it wasn't going to scale much beyond that. And, and secondly, the, um, the, the, the customer experience, not because of, of, in, you know, intention, but was not exactly what we felt like we wanted to build. Um, because it's not built on, built on technology, it's built on a bunch of people providing services. That means that people aren't predictable a lot of times and the, the quality of the services in there. And then you start to have people say, well, I paid for this and I got that. And, and, uh, you know, and, and it's hard to control that. Um, and so that was, that was some struggles, the pricing issues. We, I mean, we just had a lot of things that like we, we had great intentions to build this great business that delivered value to our customers. And what we did is we just went through a, 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 a PhD class on a lot of things you shouldn't do. And, you know, that, that, um, and, but it, it was so painful, but such an amazing learning experience where we took a step back and we said, 
okay, this is the, the reality of the business that we built. What are the things, if we had a magic wand, what are the things that we would change? What, what, what would make a scalable business? What would make, you know, a, a, a business that, you know, you're not dependent on these people? What would make a business where the pricing is right? And, and so we started really, you know, crafting the idea around Lendio um, because of all these painful things that, that we kind of, we built and we found ourselves in. And, uh, and so it, I wouldn't trade it for the world because, you know, now we have this amazing business that was growing and has the opportunity to be, you know, 10 times bigger than we are today, um, at least. And, uh, but I think it's because I truly believe it's because the pain and the, and those really difficult times that we learned from, from the business that we had before. And, um, you know, one thing, um, it's really interesting. There's a lot of, you know, this has been happening for some time, but there's a lot of, you know, very talented entrepreneurs that, that come out of uh, Utah, um, and uh, a lot of great businesses based in, based in Utah. Um, and, uh, recently, um, you know, there's been some light shed on how, kind of folks in the LDS community have a, a really great experience early on uh, in their young adulthood, and that's through the missions that they go on. Yep. Um, um, if you wouldn't mind, could you, could you shed some light on how maybe, you know, going on a mission has helped you uh, overall in life and, and as an entrepreneur? Yeah, so part of the culture um, or, you know, of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is, um, this encouragement, it's not a requirement in any way, but the encouragement to be able to go and, and spread the, the, the gospel um, through serving a, a, a mission, which it means you, for two years, you really leave your home, you travel to a foreign land, whether it be in the United States or outside. In my case, I went, served uh, in Uruguay down in South America. So I went to this third world country um, you really leave behind, you know, I was, I played college soccer. I left that behind for two years. You leave behind your studies, your family, um, and you're going out and you are, you know, going door to door and share and you're serving your whole two years is service. Um, it is teaching, um, and it is studying and it, but it's really just about others. You're, you're, you're really Losing yourself in the service of others is what you're supposed to, you know, the goal. And um, it is hard. Uh, can you imagine you're an 18-year-old and you, you grew up and 18-year-olds are spoiled. Their whole life is about them. And you turn around and you, now, you're, now you're losing yourself and it's not about you. And you're meeting these amazing people. So you have to get outside your comfort zone and you're talking a new language in this foreign country and um you you have to work incredible like it's the hardest work you'll have ever done up until that point in your life because you're going door to door every day waking up early and and it's really dedicated to that you're it's not a normal lifestyle um so it was such an amazing experience for me that changed my life forever just to learn how one to work hard um to interact with people you know, you learn about people and uh, different cultures and uh, learn to appreciate, 
things outside of your small little bubble that you grow up in. Um, and, um, you know, you learn about service, uh, you learn about, there's just, I can't even describe what type of experience that is. And so for me, it was life changing. I know a lot of people that feel, feel the same way. It's not the exact, it's not that same way for everyone. Um, but it is part of our, you know, here in, 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 in Utah, not everyone is quote unquote Mormon or members of the church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, but there is this, there's a, a, a high percentage that have gone on missions that that are comfortable getting on the phone and talking to people so from a customer experience standpoint from a work ethic standpoint it really is built in ingrained in in kind of who we are and how we how we we try and build a business yeah it, it, it really does seem like uh you learn a lot about uh you know resilience and, and getting outside of your your comfort zone um yeah you get the door shut in your face day after day after day and you know people telling you no and spitting on you in the streets and you know and and uh just like shunning you i mean it's it's definitely a, a an experience of overcoming challenges for sure uh, maybe you know given how um stressful you know the whole experience of being an entrepreneur uh, can be um you know, maybe what we could do is close out with how you how you recharge, how you how you make sure that you have, you know, the right level and kind of energy, um, you know, to to approach your business each day. Yeah, great question. One I'm extremely passionate about. I think early on in my career, you know, you just think you can, you just you can fight through anything, and um, you can work. 24 hours a day and just, you know, and just get through it. Um, you know, I, I'm, uh, married with, you know, with my wife and I've been together for 17 or is it coming up 16 years, um, uh, coming up on 17, we have four kids from ages 14, uh, 12, 10, five. Um, and I truly believe that, uh, it, I can, if there's balance in my life, I will be a better leader, a better entrepreneur. Um, and so what I mean by that is, you know, date night on Friday night with my wife, time with my, my kids, you know, I, whether that's uh, going to their soccer games or coaching their games or football, or basketball or dance or gymnastics. or um, It means for me early morning, you know, I, I have a personal study uh, kind of scripture study or meditation time on my own where I can really be, you know, introspective and thinking about how I can be a better person. Uh, I also do morning workouts. Um, you know, I'm playing basketball, really competitive basketball early mornings, three times a week. And, or I, you know, get to the gym with a little bit of weights and, and those things and, and in eating right, you know, those things where if you think about this balance of, you know, there's, there's the, there's the work ethic, but then there's the physical health, there's the mental and emotional health, there's the relationship side. And if that stuff is in balance, when I am at work, I strongly believe that I am way more, I can be way more effective in eight to 10 hours a day than I can uh, if I'm spending 12 to 14 hours a day. Um, and I think I'm a better leader. And I think there's benefits to um, relationships with, uh, you know, partners and people at work and coworkers and things like that. So um, 
and and then you can sustain it i i for a long 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 period of time you don't get burnt out and and so i have my own everyone needs to kind of figure out what their own path is and what works for me doesn't work for everyone else but uh you know i've kind of found now you know after i've been at this a while how i can be you know mo- mentally and emotionally happy and be extremely effective um, in my time at work and, and what we're trying to do here at Lendio. Well, Brock, this has been a great conversation. Really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, RJ, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it and appreciate what you guys are doing. And, and uh, I look forward to uh, listening to more of these uh, podcast shows. Excellent. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Take care.